Hello and welcome to the NHRA Insider Podcast with Brian Loans. The fans have won already. What a spectacular week of competition we have seen. On this episode, a conversation with the NHRA's Casey Kohler, Vice President of Track Operations and Management. And there is not a happier human being on planet Earth than the woman in that pro stock car. A look into the future of what it's going to be like at the NHRA. Goodbye, Snake, and hello, Ace. This is the NHRA Insider. And the wildest day in the history of this category is finally complete. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the NHRA Insider Podcast as we are about 11 days, 12 days away from beginning qualifying at Lucas Oil Raceway Indianapolis July 11th when I'm making this podcast here. It is going to be a spectacular weekend, and today's show is going to be kind of built around what the NHRA experience is going to look like when we go back to the racetrack. And obviously it um, comes as no surprise to anybody that, especially in the, the current times we are living in, that there are regulations, there are rules, there are processes that have been put in place for the fan experience, for the racer experience, and certainly even for guys like me on the TV side of things. We have some very, uh, I would call them advanced protocols that we'll be following, stuff that is certainly um, out of the norm from our regular lives, but for a while will have to become our regular life is we want to be safe and we want to follow all the regulations to make sure the series can be up and running as quickly and as efficiently and as safely as possible want to make sure that the racers stay healthy that our fans stay healthy and of course that our fellow tv production people whether you're swinging a camera or swinging your jaw like me remain healthy as well and the guy we're going to talk to about that is Casey Kohler, who is the Vice President of Track Operations and Management for the NHRA. He oversees um, the racetracks that the NHRA owns and operates, and he oversees a lot of the procedural stuff that happens when the NHRA works on uh, situations just like this, which again, kind of unprecedented, at least in our modern lives. And Casey's one of the guys that has had a very strong role and developing the NHRA's uh, procedures and what's going to be happening in order to keep people safe and what we're going to do um, to kind of keep the process moving ahead. One of the things I'm interested in speaking, uh, interested in speaking to Casey about is one of the things I talked to Glenn Cromwell about, which was the Gator Nationals decision initially back in March, because he was obviously a big part of that as well. So I want to talk to him about what it's like and what it has been like keeping in contact with government agencies, working on um, the type of procedures that he's going to want racers to follow and that we're all going to want our fans and uh, competitors, everybody to follow when we're at the racetrack. It is certainly um, a situation that we're all going to have to adapt to and some people have chosen not to adapt to it and that's fine and they, they can they can watch from the confines of their comfy home and we would love them to do that uh, of course NHRA on Fox will be continuing to crank out the race coverage live at the vast majority of the remaining events for the 2020 season and um, we're going to be one of the first sports back NASCAR has been racing for a while IndyCar has been racing, but not in front of any fans. And uh, when it comes to actually having fans in the stands, albeit a limited number, uh, NHRA is going to be one of the first professional sports organizations to have that going for it. As of this moment, uh, looking at entry sheets, we have 18 funny cars pre-entered, and we have 16 top fuel dragsters pre-entered for the first race, which is a great thing, which means our fields are full in those two categories. The pro stock entries and the pro stock motorcycle entries continue to come in on a day-by-day basis. And again, as I make this, there's about seven days before the entry deadline is hit. So we're going to see some some more moving and shaking as far as entries go. Not sure where we're going to end up in every category, um, but it would be great 
to see a bump spot across the board certainly makes the qualifying shows more fun certainly will give us some things to talk about the other thing to think about when we get back going to Indy is, of course, uh, E3 Sparkplug stepped up as the title sponsor of that event. Very uh, appreciative of that. I think we all should be. It's great uh, to see a company making an investment like that in this time and uh, in our sport. The race being broadcast live on Fox National Television, I'm sure, has a lot of value for E3 Sparkplug. It's going to be a huge audience. There's uh, All of us are very hotly anticipating how many eyeballs will be tuned in on that Sunday. And uh, Tony and I... We'll not be the. We'll be knocking the rust off. Uh, some of our fellow NHRN Fox folks have already snuck out and done some work in terms of TV stuff recently. Jamie Howe's been doing some work with the Moto America uh, motorcycle racing series, so she'll be part of our team on the way back as well. So it's going to be great. Bruno Massel will be racing Pro Stock at the first one of these races. So Bruno will not be on the show directly, but he will be competing in Pro Stock. So we'll see him from a driver's perspective, not as a reporter during this first show back so there's a lot of great stuff to catch up on with Casey I want to get some insight into the thought process and kind of how he's been working through with a task force to make up these regulations to make up these plans that we're going to be following on the way in and frankly I want to lay them out a little bit because some of you listening hopefully many of you listening are hardcore fans that have tickets to events this season and these uh these regulations these procedural changes will be directly affecting how you attend the race, what you do when you're attending the race, and how uh, how things are going to work. So I want to create kind of the expectation of what you can understand the situation will be when you get there. Don't want any surprises and want to make sure everybody's kind of on the same page. The same disclaimer I gave to you when I did the show with Glenn a few weeks ago, nobody at NHRA came to me and said, you need to talk to Casey. We need to do a show with Casey to talk about this stuff. Nobody said that. Uh, thankfully, the NHRA management uh, is is kind of uh, lets me go free free willy on this thing, and I can kind of do what I want in terms of the podcast. So this was really an idea that I had just because I feel like it's interesting to talk to a guy who has certainly had a lot of work on his shoulders, and I would guess a lot of pressure as well because this is um, this is fairly high stakes poker when it comes to making sure people stay safe and making sure that everything possible is being done to maintain people's safety. You can't guarantee anything, but what you can do is you can actually, you can certainly, I should say, put in place things that are protective measures and that we want everybody to abide by. So there's my rant on the subject. Casey Kohler from the NHRA is our guest, and I'd like to welcome Mr. Casey Kohler, the Vice President of Track Operations and Management for the NHRA. Hey, Casey, how you doing? Great, Brian. Thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on because you, uh, of anybody, has been about the busiest man in show business <laughs> over the last couple of months here trying to get everything put together and, and back on track. And the reason I wanted to talk to you today is obviously we have new protocols that are going to be in place for fans and racers and spectators. So I kind of wanted to get some maybe some insight on those. And the first place I'd like to start is where do you where is like square one when you start to develop these protocols, where do you have to start to do it? Yeah, well, it's a very good question, and I'll, and I'll probably take you on a little bit of a journey here. So you think about, when we go back to March, and obviously the NHRA, we, we own three tracks, we operate a fourth, so we own Gainesville, Atlanta, and then I'm based here in Indianapolis, and then we have Pomona under kind of our umbrella as well. So if you take that step back to Gainesville, right, when all of this kind of broke out, uh, and unfortunately we kind of had to pause, hit pause on our, on our national event level, we were rolling out a lot of the kind of basic essential things that the CDC was requiring and talking to the local government and the health board and officials on 
what do we need to do to make sure that we're putting our employees, our fans, and our participants uh, in a safe environment? So those were kind of like the baselines that we started with, and that was in March. And then from there, we kind of hit pause for a couple of months, and then as we started to bring our tracks back online, so the tracks were kind of the first things that started back up from the NHRA perspective. You know, we, we, we then were working very closely with the folks in Gainesville, state of Florida, as well as in Commerce, Georgia, and, and the state there, and then subsequently here in Indianapolis and the state of Indiana. So you're working with these these folks that are, are kind of on the front lines, working with other businesses, working to make sure that their, their communities are safe, um, that they're, the, the people that are doing business there are, are following the guidelines. And so... For us, it really was kind of starting with the the baseline that we established in March and then really kind of amping it up to make sure each of the touch points that we have, so employees, uh, participants, uh, fans, contractors, all those folks were kind of following along in in terms of the protocols and, and making sure that we've got protocols established for each of those groups and then thinking about all the touch points that we have for our sport uh, and how do we minimize those touch points um, and, and make sure that we've got you know the the, the safest uh, you know the safest protocols that we can to make sure we're not putting people in harm's way. Um, so it, it, it's kind of a, it, it's, it, it's interesting. There wasn't a, a, a switch that was flipped. It's right. been an evolution that you kind of take day in, day out. And, and honestly, by the hour, we're still getting more guidance, more information, both on the local uh, and the state level and even on the national level to a certain degree. Uh, uh, how can we continue to evolve, make it safer, but also be um, as accommodating as we we possibly can to the various interesting groups that we have out there? The yes. one thing I'd also say on top of that is then staying in touch with the other sports leagues and, and most notably the motorsports world. You know, the folks at NASCAR, the folks at IMSA, the folks at IndyCar, um, the United States Auto Club at USAC, talking to them because they've got a lot of events and they're going through these processes and procedures in various degrees, various locations. Um, so I think we're all kind of sharing and borrowing from one another. Yeah, and I think to me that's like a, a super important point is that it is a conversation that it, nobody's operating in their own tunnel, right? There is there is open con- conversation happening between you know the different sanctioning bodies, leagues, and even kind of different um, genres of motorsport, which I think is – Pretty interesting because I know that, you know, NHRA maintains a relationship with all the sanctioning bodies, which is fine and good. But in a situation like this, I'd imagine that's very important. Extremely important. I mean, everything from best practices to procedures to even suppliers, right? Hey, we we just came across this group that's producing these great, um, you know, facial coverings that seem to work well with our crews. Okay, great. Can we get that contact information? That's a, a, an example, a live example that we had from IndyCar last week um, to the United States Auto Club in terms of how they had some protocols that were um, that they were rolling out in some of their early events. So it, what was probably a maybe monthly, if you're lucky, conversation is now on a weekly uh, yeah. level and, a, and, and, and even to the level of pick up the phone and, hey, I saw you guys at an event last night. Uh, what were some of the key learnings? We're certainly doing that here in the state of Indiana. The United States Auto Club had Indiana Midget Week two weeks ago, yeah. um, and they had a lot of, you know, a, a, a high interest from their fan 
side of things. And they, they certainly, they were at 50% capacity and, and talking to them about what were some of the key learnings? What, if you had to do it over again, what would you do differently? And, and so we're, we're, we're certainly making a lot of notes. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is how this has been kind of like an evolutionary process. And, you know, I remember the week leading up to uh, to Gainesville, where ultimately, obviously, we did not have that race. But it was like, OK, you know, there's going to be increased availability of hand washing stations. There's going to be increased, uh, you know, increased sanitation in, in various high traffic areas of the racetrack. And it, it was funny. It's it's not funny. It's just amazing to, yeah. to, to go from, you know, that was kind of what needed to be done at the time and now we we land on where we need to land to be safe in this moment and it's just that the level of understanding we have in july versus the level of understanding we had in march is incredibly different well we have a lot of new words in our vocabulary that we didn't have back in march and rightfully so a lot of things that you're right i mean those were very basic and elementary type uh, protocols, but you also realize some of the basic, most you know, common yeah, functions. Yeah, they're effective. So um, I, I think you know it, it, it's it's in enhancing and improving on what we're doing, but we're also adding some new things that we we haven't done before. And certainly, facial coverings was one piece that wasn't even part of the discussion back in March in, in Florida. And so we're we're, we're continuing to add to uh, the toolbox and hopefully keep everybody as safe as we possibly can put on some great events and get back to the sport that we all love. Oh, that's a fact. And, you know, in the process you mentioned of, you know, kind of figuring out what the touch points are and figuring out what areas of concern and what modifications need to get made. I'd imagine even that process must've been something because that's almost a thing where you, you discover one thing and that one thing leads you to discover five other things. And those five other things turn into 10. I mean, that even just the level of trying to, to, I guess, interpret a fan experience or interpret a, a human's experience at our events and trying to figure out where they go, what they touch is, is an adventure in and unto itself. Well, and here's a live example, something that we've been discussing, you know, even as, as early as this morning is, you know, employees and coolers, you know, and, and this is something that's out there, right? You, you're trying to avoid heavy touch areas um, that, that potentially have the, the, the chance of not being, you know, probably... A, wipe down as, as, as often as you, you you need to. So you think about it, it's July, it's Indiana, you know, we unfortunately we're known for our humidity when it comes to, uh, you know, the summer. And, and so making sure people stay hydrated, that's, that's, that's critical, but we also need to make sure that we're keeping in, in mind that, you know, that just the simple things of going over to the cooler, picking it up, you know, throw it over the top and uh, grabbing a, an ice cold water, uh, you know, we've, we need to account for that. So changing protocols on how do we, how do we store our water? How do we make sure that it's iced down properly, but yet try to limit the amount of you know, touch points that we possibly have. That's just a very small piece of it, but you, you literally can go from doorstep to doorstep from an employee, from a fan, from a participant perspective and, and try to identify all the different areas that you can try to, it really try to minimize, right? I mean, we're not going to be able to eliminate exactly. a lot of the things, but how do we minimize it? How do we make it as efficient and as safe as we, as we can with, uh, you know, the time and the resources that we have in place? You know, and I guess the, another element of this whole process regarding uh, kind of your aspect of the job is the fact that each state uh, that the NHRA has a racetrack property in is effectively different in what they're allowing or not allowing. So I would assume that, uh, I would assume that, if you skew more to the conservative end of, of what you're doing, that it would be an umbrella for everybody. But is that the case? I mean, is um, in terms of 
can you do you work off of what the most conservative state is in terms of what they're allowing and then roll that back towards the states that maybe even a little bit more open than others? Yeah, you know, that that's a really good question. And, and, and you find everybody's at a different level in kind of terms of what their comfort level is, even as we think about our neighbors here in the Midwest. What might be appropriate in Michigan is different than what's in Illinois, and it's certainly different in Ohio and Kentucky. So what what I appreciate about, you know, and we've been making these plans, really, I mean, I think since probably late March when we were looking at it, the possibility of coming back and maybe starting here in Indianapolis was the communication, the dialogue with the state of Indiana. And I'm very fortunate. Uh, not only do I get to live here, but also the fact that, you know, motorsports is, it, it, it's our national pastime as a state. So therefore, from a state level, motorsports is recognized when decisions are being made. Um, and so we, we've been able to be recognized in kind of this four-phase reopening process. So therefore, steps are clearly defined, not just for the National Hot Rod Association, but for every racetrack or racing league that's in the state of Indiana. And that really helps you when there's guidelines, um, you know, that are established for your industry because we're not the pizza place. We're not the, the miniature golf place. You know, we're a little bit different here. So we don't, we don't get that in every, you know, all other 49 states. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, but in the state of Indiana, they were, you know, wide open. Uh, I mean, their, their whole mantra has been, get, let's get the state back on track. And, and we think of this as kind of with us running our two national events, really kind of an opportunity to get everybody back on track. Um, but we also have very clear cut guidelines uh, and recommendations from the state on how things uh, from our industry could and should be run. And um, they've been a really good sounding board on, on things as late as last Friday, you know, things that we see from other States that potentially are being done and saying, a, do you anticipate that coming down the road for us or B, you know, what's, what's your take on this? Is this something that we should be thinking about? So um, we, we've been very fortunate to have a really good partner in the state to, to, to work with on this. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, there obviously there were questions as to, you know, why is NHRA just starting back up in Indy? And, and you know, outside of the general geographic um, the ge- general geographic uh, location and the fact that many of our teams in the Nitro categories are located very close to there, you know, this – you raise a very important point. And the point is, if you're going to try to establish this, this restart, if you will, which is exactly what it is, and you're going – and needing to make sure that you have some sort of stable foundation under this, as stable as it can be, what better place to do it in a state where you have direct access to the decision makers? And my understanding, and, and if you can speak about this, that yeah. Indiana actually had, I guess what we could refer to as a, a motorsports COVID czar, if you will, like someone that was <laughs> that was specifically assigned to the motorsports segment. Is that is that correct or what? Yeah, yeah. So we we we've the nice thing is we we do have that point of contact within the state. Uh, in the governor's office. The good news is the governor, you know, grew up less than five miles from Lucas Oil Raceway and, and, and still tells the story of sneaking into Indianapolis Raceway Park. And in fact, he he has a, a one of the original signs in his uh, in his garage there at the governor's mansion of IRP. So ah. we, you, we've got a very big fan of, of the facility and the sport. Uh, and the, the team there has made themselves available whenever something has popped up. But yeah, they've, they've been able to kind of sing, uh, have a, have a singular person that, that is in, in touch with all of the, the different groups out there. And that, that's extremely helpful when you, when you know who to pick up the phone and call, uh, and you can get clarification on things, but also, 
get some documentation, some things that 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 help guide decisions, short term and long term. Um, that, boy, that's really helpful. And we also have some great neighbors. We've got you know the Indianapolis Motor Speedway right down the road. We've got the IndyCar Series, um, and, and so those groups there. Uh, are, are certainly not making decisions in bubbles, and, and they're really good to be able to bounce things off of as we all try to to get our, ourselves prepared for our big events coming up. You know, I found myself, and I think you know any you know normal person over the course of this thing has had their share of you know good days, bad days, and you know there's I'm sure I'm sure there had to have been a couple of days where you left the office thinking. We made more progress today than I would have thought, and I'm sure there are other days where we left the office going, I have no idea what just happened for the last eight to ten hours, but I'm glad it's over. Uh. Yeah, yeah, no, it, and, and, and I would say, yes, it, you you certainly feel there's there's a big responsibility, not only to you know your fellow coworkers and, and, and the employees that we have within the NHRA, the NHRA community, right? I mean, this the, the town that we're based in. Uh, has a majority of the teams based here. So there's a, a great responsibility of getting people back to racing, but also from the, the fans and, and even our weekly competitors, right? I mean, people are looking for that ray of hope when we've all been kind of stuck inside in, in these quarantines and shutdowns. When can we get back to the drag strip? And 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 so that that has been, you know, once we were finally able to open the gates, even if it was to 12 cars for the first time, that was like, boy, you just felt like you moved a mountain. And so every day it becomes a little bit easier, but you're right. I mean, there's some days were better than others, but you know, if we could make it just a little bit better than it was the day before, we're now kind of in a position where I get to talk to you and we're, we're actually talking about hosting <laughs> two, two national events here in July. And, and, and that seemed like that was, you know, that was impossible three months ago. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Um, before I let you go, I'd like to get into a little bit of the nuts and bolts of what we're going to be looking for procedural-wise uh, for our attendees, because I feel like yep. people listening to this likely be headed to the race. I'm sure not everybody has read uh, what's going on at NHRA.com. I'm sure they know that there's some stuff that's going to be different or some things we're going to be asking and needing our fans to do. So if, if you can give us, generally speaking, not you know line by line, but yep. ge- generally yep. speaking, what are we going to be looking for in terms of our fans for their own health and safety what are we going to be looking for procedurally when they when they walk up to the gate what do they need to know yep so just a couple of simple things they're very simplistic um but you know just as kind of a reminder and and kind of a heads up to everybody so one um we are going to uh require the use of facial covering not mask but bring a facial covering with you right um we we do that for not only the competitors and our employees but also uh for our fellow spectators that are coming through here because we we know that this is a sensitive time we watch the news just like everybody else um and and we want to be a, we want to be good neighbors with our, our folks in the grandstands, and, and, and these are our U.S. Nationals customers and NHRA members. We, we, we don't want anything to, to happen to anybody, so we, we want everybody coming back here in September for the U.S. Nationals. So we're, we, we've chosen to go the route of making sure that, that everybody has a facial covering when they come through the gates and, and wear those appropriately uh, throughout the day. Uh, we also are going to, just as a precautionary measure, make sure take everybody's temperature, right? Make sure that nobody's walking through the gate uh, with anything over, you know, 100, 100.4. That's kind of our threshold here. Uh, and, and make sure that we've got healthy folks 
walking through our, our facility um, and interacting with our teams and drivers and getting to watch great racing. Um, we certainly, you know, continue to preach social distancing. So, you know, you'll, you'll notice that there will be a number of markers on the grounds when you start to get to areas where you have to queue up, such as, you know, if it's entry into the facility or if it's going over uh, to the concession stand uh, or over by the restroom. So making sure people continue to maintain some of that distancing that takes place. And then, you know, the final one is what we talked about in March, which is proper hygiene, right? Make sure you wash your hands. We've got plenty of sanitation or sanitizer around the place uh, to make sure that you're you're covered there. Uh, we've been fortunate enough. We've we've partnered with a, a, a local group, Santa Cora, that's going to be actually uh, providing everybody two packets of sanitizer when you walk through the gates. Oh, wow. So okay. uh, not only do you you know will you have it widely available in a lot of the key areas and common areas, but you're also going to receive a packet with you. And then the other thing I, I'd say, you know, as it comes back to facial coverings, you know, I do know some folks that hey, you misplaced it, you forgot it. We'll have them at the gates as well. So uh, if you didn't bring one with you. We, we're, we're glad to provide you one for the day at, at, at no cost. So hopefully everybody's able to kind of maintain those four key points there. And I think we'll everybody will be able to enjoy some great drag racing. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, just to, to kind of close the loop on your point as well, um, these regulations, procedures, I should say, cover – or apply to the race teams, the racers, the fans, and they apply to us uh, on the TV side. You know, we're going to be right. doing, we're going to be doing interviews uh, at a six foot uh, depth, if you will, or a six foot distance with facial coverings on. Tony and I, uh, inside the broadcast booth, are going to maintain a six foot physical distance from each other, and therefore we will be when we're on camera anyway, we will not have to wear a facial covering, but that is because we're going to be spread out. Um, when we're off camera, we will be having facial coverings on. Multiple different changes been made for inside the TV truck. There's kind of a limitation on our crew members for these first couple events as well. So, you know, everybody is definitely all in on this to make sure that we, one, go back to racing safely, and two, get this get this done in a, in a way that is uh, going to be entertaining for everybody to watch and, you know, kind of reflects how the rest of the world is. You know, I think, I think it's also important that we don't do something to make ourselves stand out like we're running upstream as opposed to whatever other kind of organization and or, you know, scientific mind is saying. Well, you know, and you bring up a really good point. I mean, we, we, we want to be not only good neighbors with the folks that are on the property at, at Lucas Oil Raceway, but really also good neighbors with, uh, you know, the town of Brownsburg and Hendricks County, but also the state of Indiana, right? I mean, they've, they've been nothing but accommodating in terms of being able to bring motorsports back and we certainly don't want to set that back you know for for ourselves yeah. when we come back here in september for the u.s nationals and hopefully things continue to evolve and um so we we want to be really good neighbors uh, with with everybody in the surrounding community we're going to bring a lot of folks that are you know from outside of central indiana uh, such as yourself, and and so we want to leave the place better than we found it when we when everybody shows up on July 11th. That's a fact, Casey Kohler. Thank you for taking some time out of your day, and uh, I know you above anybody will everybody uh, will certainly maybe be shedding a tear of joy when we hear those first couple <laughs> of cars fire up on the 11th. It's an uh, incredible amount of work that's been done on the inside of this thing to get it uh, to where it is today, and uh, there's no. No real accurate way for anybody, I think, to describe what's been what's been happening behind the scenes, but it's been uh, nothing short of a a twenty four hour seven day a week job. Well, it's a, it, we're we're very fortunate. We've got a really good team, and, and I think industry pulling in the same direction. Everybody from the teams to the suppliers, everybody pulling in the same direction, and uh, that's what led us to get to a point where we're we're now just days away from 
getting uh, cars back on, on, on track. So we're looking forward to seeing everybody, looking forward to seeing you and the TV team, and uh, want to make sure everybody has safe travels out here and uh, make sure they take the proper precautions before they, uh, they get on site. You bet. Thanks, Casey. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Brian. So an informative conversation there with Casey Kohler, a guy who, as I mentioned, has been working with a, a pretty tight staff of people and a t- leadership team with the NHRA to get us back to the racetrack. The work he's been able to do in Indiana has been instrumental in allowing us to get going again on July 11th and 12th, and then 18th and 19th. Going to be a one-guest show today because I don't want to detract from the message that we got from Casey. Certainly don't want to dilute the, uh, the importance of all the things that we learned from him today and also what's going to be going on inside the racetrack. If you are going to attend the race, please please, please make sure you show up with a face covering. If you don't have one, they'll give you one. Make sure you show up with a temperature that is not 100.4 because if you don't have that 100.4 or under temperature, they're going to send you back. We don't want to get anybody else sick. Bottom line in this end of story. Thanks for listening to the NHRA Insider Podcast. I'm Brian Loans, and I'll be back next week. And we'll be talking racing next week because we'll be days away, literally less than a week away next week when we come back for the next edition of The Insider. Thanks for listening. Be safe, stay healthy, and we are oh so close to cranking this baby back up again.